That's hey everybody, this is Mrs. Big Mouth, aka Dante, chilling in a place to be. We here in the Corona vibes. We outside, we doing our thing. And I know if you're saying we, I'm here chilling with my girl Elisa. Well, I call her Liz Liz. Or for some people, it called the E, Miss E, you know, because some people might mistake you, baby girl, as what, what, um, what's Angie? Angie, they might say Miss Angie, or what's the other one from, um, uh, Breakfast Club? It's Angela yeah. E. Yeah, yeah. They be like, who, ye? No, no, this Miss E, I call her Miss E, aka Liz Liz, aka Alisa, okay? <laughs> Yeah, did I say it right? Did I say it yes, right? Did I say anything wrong? I just got all these names all of a sudden. Listen, like, that's okay. because you're the head chick in charge, like on some real right. stuff. So everybody, I call her the ally. You know, you know, you call people the ally just to say they're the ally, but she's not the ally. She's the sisters. Like she's the sister that knows what goes on. She gets lit, litty, and all that. You know what I'm saying? So how you been, sis? I've been good. Chilling. Let me, let's talk because you know Labor Day just happened, friend. Labor Day just got lit. So what would you do for Labor Day, friend? And excuse me, and I'm sorry. Excuse the background noise because we are trying our first time to do what I I first started with the podcast, which is going outside. So this is my first time going outside instead of doing um Zoom uh during a podcast. Yes. So now we're here and yeah, I smell dirt and garbage, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're doing it. But I still see sexy people in New York. make it sound appealing. I smell dirt and garbage. Listen, listen, this is New York, baby. You know, we keep this a buck. We keep it a buck and whatever, you know? So... So, baby, how you been? How you been? In, in, no, um, Labor Day. So, I didn't really do nothing crazy. I met up with a friend to have some drinks and some food, and then I ended up going to one of my old jobs and got super, super drunk. Okay. Super drunk. What's super drunk, friend? Like, you uh, don't remember what happened last night? Close enough. Did you, did you bring a boy home? No. Oh, okay, okay. So, he wasn't drunk enough. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't drunk enough. It wasn't that bad. Not to that extent. No, thank God. And she that said, "Whoop!" <laughs> thank God, because that would have never ended up well. But she's yeah. like, "Who are you?" Oh my gosh, no! Thank God, that's never happened to me. Thank God, never. No, girl, it happened like, to me twice. Like bring home like a random and then not know who they are, not remember blank. I went, I went with a random. Mm-hmm. Let's be okay. So we gonna give up, but mm-hmm. I went with a random, like twice. So the first, like you met him along the way as you were hanging out, or did you? So let's talk about New Orleans. So New. I advise everybody and you know what just to let everybody know about Lily right now she is super cultural she is super <laughs> travels baby. everywhere everywhere she's been there like <laughs> I thought I travel this girl travels travels so just a tad bit you just know a tad just a tad bit yes <laughs> modesty modesty I love you really so <laughs> <laughs> But on some real shit. New Orleans, actually. You've been to New Orleans? Yes, I love New Orleans. Oh, baby. So, see, I can talk to this girl about anything. Like, for real, for real. It was a good time. People. People Mm. in New Orleans is, first of all, beautiful, real cool, good people. Mm -hmm. And then, I went to New Orleans. Okay. Went to the gay black bar. Okay. The only one there. Uh Uh-huh. Sat down there. Got Liddy. Hello. 
Got people looking at us, people, while we're doing this. <laughs> um, definitely got Liddy. Mm -hmm. um, but it was only me, one other person, and the bartender, right? Okay. So then the bar, the what one, time of the night was it? Like five in the morning? Nah, or baby, six? it was, oh, it was like just ten o'clock at night. The location you was at, maybe it was too early. So my location, my hotel was in the middle of whatever, and then I could literally walk down the block to uh -huh. the gay bar. Uh huh. So I was like, okay, this is only black gay bar, so fuck it. <laughs> so got Liddy with um the bartender was getting my drink, getting me nice, mm -hmm. like. Margarita. Okay. Now I've never had margaritas that had green apple, um, strawberry. Tastes like juice. Uh -huh. And did I not get fucked up, people? Yes, I did get fucked up. Oh. Did you see what I see? <laughs> I saw what you saw. <laughs> girl, I ain't never seen white ass like that in my life, girl. <laughs> I guess we gotta come back here more often, huh? We have to come back here again, everybody. And just to get you a FYI, we here at Mom's getting lit, having a good time with our drinks, and I got the electro drink. What drink you have, friend? Um, tequila, jalapeno, and blackberries. That's cause she crazy like that. I taste that shit. I love that, tequila. Listen, it's spicy ass shit. I can't do it, but mm -hmm. I love my sweet drinks. We, are, I can't tell I'm getting drunk. So. Mm -hmm. And this is number three. We're the people. opposite. I like to see what I'm drinking. Yes. I like to know that the liquor is there. I want to taste it. See, only she's one of those. She like the battery acid. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just like, mm -hmm. listen, opposites attract, friend. Opposites attract. I don't like sweet drinks like that. I'm like, where's the liquor? I need to order two extra shots. Where are they? So, all right. So, back, back, back on course. So, mm -hmm. um, so sat down there. I got drunk. Um, dude, the regular dude who was drinking left. Okay. The, the um, bartender, he got me fucked up. So he closes the store. He closes the bar. Okay. He takes what me time out. Is it? This is now like, let's say this is now. 1 a.m., 2 a.m.? 12 o'clock. Early. 12 o'clock. It's early. Because I got there like around 10. Mm -hmm. I'm on drink number six. <laughs> um, he takes me to go, go around New Orleans. Right. And I'm still on my New York vibe because I still remember. So I'm still on my New York vibe. I'm like, I don't know you like that. Like, I, mm -hmm. people, I do keep a blade on me. Like, I got to, like, for real, for real. Like, I'm not, I'm not hood, but I'm, I'm hood. So, um, we sat down there. We went, we went to someplace he took me. It was lit. Then after we went. Oh, you guys went to another spot? Yeah, he took okay. me to a spot to eat. Mm -hmm. we, we ate, whatever. We hung out, we talked. Mm -hmm. He took me to his house. I don't remember. There was a blink until I woke up. I woke up, I'm in his bed, you're looking, I'm like... <gasps> so I'm feeling things. I'm like, I'm like, did he fuck me? Did I fuck him? What happened? <laughs> and he woke up with so much class. Okay. He said, are you okay? Do you want breakfast? I was like, I'm fine. What happened? He said, no, we didn't have sex. You know, I took you, laid oh, down. So I said, oh, that's so sweet. He took care of you. He took but he, he's probably one of those guys that doesn't like street clothes on his bed. Um, yes, maybe, I don't or, know. Or maybe he saw you were too fucked up to function and he's like, forgot it, let me not eat he, it. He just laid, he was, I was laid down. Like, that's what I you were naked, right? I was, no, 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 I had oh, underwear oh, okay. on. okay, I thought you were naked. You're so nasty. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I had underwear on. Uh-huh. And, um, we talked. And okay. then he made me breakfast. And he said, I'm going to drive you back. He said, I'm going to drive you back to where you need to go. And I said, oh, really? So that doesn't really count then. Why it doesn't count? It doesn't count because nothing juicy happened. Nothing spicy happened. 
nothing happened. He took care of you. It was like a, you know, like a friend who saw that you were in need and drunk. Th those, that doesn't count. It counted after, friend. No. Yes, it, it did. Why? It didn't count. It didn't count. Yes. Can it, I try the frozen margarita, please? Sure. She's ordering now. Regular? Classic? Yeah. Wait, uh, what flavors do you have? Uh, mango and a strawberry. But it's in the hot skin. Okay, perfect. That works. See, you know we in the restaurant. We ordering, friend. Okay, so it didn't, it didn't count after when I woke up and we had fucked and had yeah, sex? Yeah, but you were, no, it doesn't count because you were sober, you were alert, you were aware, you knew what the fuck you were doing. That was a decision you made because you wanted it. Damn it! It doesn't count. It needs to count when you went, you fucked, or got fucked, and then you're like, what the fuck happened? And you're semi-blank or blank. If I got fucked, this great because I would have been like, uh, hold on, exits only, back the fuck up. So that doesn't count. But you said it happened one other time. So what was the other time? <laughs> Wait, can I finish this? I wanted okay. to go on a romantic story. Oh, that was like a so sweet. it was cute, and then and then and then the next day uh -huh. I went back to the place, and it was the party was lit. Oh, so you hung out with him again while you were still Wait, wait, wait. he was DJing. Mm -hmm. He had multiple jobs. He was, because <laughs> he, he drove me back home. He drove me back to the hotel. Right. Like, he was nice. He drove back to the hotel and went to work. Mm -hmm. Somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then the next night, I went, and they was trying to charge me. And he was at the DJ. Uh-uh, don't charge him. I he love it. In. Oh, my I God. I was like, that's so lit. Because, you know, New York. Did, sweetheart. That is, because New York, we were like, get the fuck out. Exactly, you're not get getting nothing on me. Yeah, get the Uber, get the fuck mm -hmm. out. That's on you. Mm -hmm. Um, so the next time I was at Boxers, which is where? On in-house kitchen, mm -hmm. on bar 50th, restaurant, the bar, the bar slash restaurant. Have you not been there? I have not. I'll have to take you there. And also for the people who don't know who are listening. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so yes, it's a it's a bar semi restaurant. Mm -hmm. You know, you get your drink and you get your wing. You know, okay. and get fucked up. But, um, so I was turned the fuck up. The night was supposed to be me getting two drinks and leaving. Mm -hmm. Not me. I got a couple of drinks. Do see me. That mentality doesn't, has never worked for me. Oh, One drink, girl. two drinks is done. Never happens. Listen, I got my drinks. Sat down there. Just do odd me. He talked. He said, yo, you look mad mean. And I was like, I said, but am I talking to you mean? Because if I wanted to see me, I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. Okay. You know, very New York. And okay. then we talk, we vibe, and then I don't remember what happened, but I do, I, I woke up okay. with two condoms on the side. <laughs> so you was like, okay, it went down. Oh, it went down. It went down. It went down, and I had to feel my booty hole. I was like, did oh, it go down on me? Am I bleeding? Like, what's going on? And um, just so, so happened it didn't. Like, you know, I, I guess I established what was going on. You took control of the situation. I, yeah, I took yes, I took control. I took yes, control of the yes, situation. Yes, yes. And um I was I, I did do the the usual um sneak out and I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I snuck out. I snuck out. So did you get the number? Did you speak to never again? No. Nothing. Okay, so that was like your one one night. That stand. was yeah, it could have been a husband and I didn't even know it. <laughs> could have been a husband, I didn't even Were know it. Were you embarrassed or was it awkward? Um, it or, was, or did you see him and you kind of wasn't feeling his look or vibe? Okay, so first of all, he was sexy. Okay. Secondly, it was awkward. Third, I had to get to work in like 
30 minutes. So it like 30, 40 minutes. Oh, so there was priorities that needed to be priorities. taken care of. It was a New York priority. <laughs> my money comes before anything else. Yeah, of course. But do I feel bad that I never got that number? Yes, I did. Yeah, but also it's on him too because he didn't offer to give it to you on the way out, nor did he ask you for yours. Go ahead. God, read that shit, friend. Cheers. Cheers. It's true. Cheers he could have stopped you and said, hey, do you want to take my number down? Oh, hey, let me get your number on the way out. So it was on both parts. Cheers, friend. So how have you so first of all let's go back to Labor Day. Okay. So that, it was nothing crazy though. I just went I got drunk with some with like whole co workers and shit. And okay. That's it. It wasn't it wasn't too crazy, but I got really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Woke up the next morning hungover as usual. Ooh. Remembered everything. Okay. Thank you. Remembered everything and I go see the guy that I'm talking to and Ooh. I'm like, Hey, I got drunk and he's like with who? How'd you get home? Ooh. And you getting drunk out there in the Ooh. streets with nobody by yourself? And I'm Ooh. like, excuse me? I was like, wait, wh- who are you yelling at? <laughs> Let's start there. And he's like, no, you know, I'm just concerned for you. Just making sure that you're okay and that you were safe. I'm like, much better. I like the tone better. So it wasn't too crazy. Check that tone, friend. That, that tone tells you everything. Tone tells you everything. Yeah, that, that tone tells you, are you gonna, is that gonna be a Tory Lane? <laughs> is it gonna be a Dre Beats? Like, I'm saying. I'm, I'm just you saying. You gotta check them early. Because if check not, them they early. think it's okay to continue doing it. How they speak to you means everything. You allow it to happen once, you don't check them, they'll do it again. Let, listen, uh, this is for the girls, this is for the guys, this is for the gays, this is for whoever. This for is, everyone. Is let them know because if they don't know, then they let any motherfucker do whatever exactly. they want to do. And we Start don't do that. there. You got to check them from the beginning. You got to check them with everything from the beginning. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're crazy or insecure. You mm. just got to check them and let them know that it's not okay. I lost my I lost my debit card. I lost my credit card. Oh, so, oh yes, friend. Cheers <laughs> to that. You, Cheers to like, losing something. I was like, I lost my yes. credit card. Where is it? So thankfully, I have my my debit card. So that works. Girl, I lost that shit, and I was like, Where'd said, you go? What'd you do? Girl, I started off here, mom. <laughs> I was getting fucked up here, mom. So we were close to each other because I was over there on 43rd tonight. So I should have texted you. What is going on? The world. I know. How late were you out? Till closing because they closed at like close to 10, 11. I was out here till 12. we were here at the same time because I ended up getting in my cab around 1.30. So you know about the hookah spot around like literally on thick 46 you know yeah about yeah that? yeah yeah actually um i've been there before and the two of the guys that work there they used to be my customers so they used to always tell me to come by but i don't know if they still work there due to covid and stuff but i know there's a little the, there's a little short guy and he's I, colombian he's colombian a okay. colombian guy and a mexican guy that were really cool with me super dope great so, energy my respect for you. so we have to so we have to hit there friend mm-hmm. So, my, so one of my friends took me there out of nowhere. I didn't know nothing about the spot. Okay. And now I'm like, I want to go. Do you like it? I loved it. It was so good. So they I did. They just don't serve liquor. That's the only problem. What are you talking about? On they the just... low, they serve liquor. They, they serve wine and sangria. But they don't have a hard liquor license. Oh, because you like that hard, hard. I forgot, friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like tequila. She, tequila. Likes, she likes the yes. tequila people. So. I it does fun- me right. It does me right. When I used to drink vodka, I was hungover every night. Mm-hmm. And then when I started drinking tequila, it was a much better drunk. I had, I was super fun, energetic. The problem is I can't do shots because the minute I do shots, I black out and it's happened to me twice. 
So that's the thing at La Paria, La Puparia. Right. I sit down and I drink, I drink tequila, I black out. Mm -hmm. So I stop drinking tequila. I notice when I it's don't drink dangerous. tequila, I don't black out. But when I sit down there, when I sit down there and I drink normal drinks, mm -hmm. I'm fine. I'm just a little stubby. I know I'm a little stubby. Uh -huh. So, you know, people, learn your drink. Learn what works for you. Exactly. Learn what works for you, people. I, I, that's serious. And I converted my ex. He used to drink vodka, and then we used to just drink bottles and bottles of tequila all the time. It was bad. Straight alcoholics. Did y'all have like a Chris Brownyana moment? No. No, I don't think so. I never got that crazy. She don't remember no. that. <laughs> <laughs> I've only blacked out with him, I think, maybe once or twice, I think. So it was good, you know. Once I blacked out, it was okay, because I was already with him, I trusted him, so he always took care of me, you know, but... So I, you said X, though, like, why? X, like, things didn't work out. He... Which friend, which Because you're a beautiful girl. So uh, is this, like, uh, a recent ex? Yes, 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 recent ex. Is this that one we was talking about? Yeah, it is, yes, him. Friend, let's talk about it. Let's okay. talk about it. Because I don't need my friend, you know, to all my listeners, to all the little big mouths like me. <laughs> I love that. The all my little mouth. big mouths. I love, I, I love my little big mouths. De definitely. Like, to all my little big mouths like me, like, I'm always here to educate them and, and say, look, these are experiences because you heard my podcast before. Mm -hmm. Everything is an experience mm -hmm. and it's everything needs, you need to have people to talk about stuff because mm -hmm. we don't talk about stuff. Right. You fail to repeat history again. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Especially I definitely saw some red flags and I just overlooked them. Me and him, we were friends for a while before we got together. Okay. So we used to be friends and um, we had hung out very minimal prior to us getting together. Okay. And then we started hanging out very frequent and I would stay at his house, everything and all the time. And mm. then we and then we ended up starting to fuck around. So at first we were just friends. So ketchup. There's a ketchup first. here. Oh, there is. Yeah. Um, you want more? You want more ketchup? Already? Please. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, well, so they say he we just a friend. Yeah, we were good friends, but we were friends. No intimacy, no kissing, nothing until we got together. So we were actual friends. Okay. We were real friends. So yeah. And, and then it. Thank you so much, Bob. Appreciate it. Um, and then it got to the point. It transitioned because we had this connection that. I honestly have never had with anyone before. Like how I was when we were together, when we were hanging out together, it was different. We just clicked. We were like, it was kind of like, it's hard to explain. It was just like, we just it complimented flowed. each other so well. We just complimented, complimented each other so well. When does the flow become, okay, this shit is fucked up now. When you realize that they do things to you that are not okay, and then they try to tell you and convince you that it is okay, that they, they should be doing that, that now, it's all right. Now, keep it real with my, my listeners, because in our views, they don't see us yet, friend. Right. But let's keep it like a buck. So, when was it the first time that you was like, this motherfucker? When he calls me to ask me where the remote is. Where's his room over to his home, and I'm home, and then I call him back and bitches answer the phone. Wait, what? He's <laughs> like, huh? Uh, I guess he was out and he picked up bitches at a bar. I think he was at Mercury, actually. He just picked up random bitches. We didn't Mercury over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have an official title then, so I guess he felt like it was okay for him to, like, you know, pick up women and, you know, we didn't have a title, so I guess it was okay. 
Okay, so I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm -hmm. If you don't give me a title, you don't tell me nothing. I'm gonna do whatever you wanna do. Right. That's ex that's not. That's exactly why I didn't flip out at the moment. I kind of was just like, okay, let me observe him and see what he's doing and see where his head is at and see what he wants and where he's trying to take this. Okay. But his mentality was his mentality because he was married before, so he's divorced. His mentality was that no matter what. If we were together, not together, he was trying to convince me to believe this. Check this shit out. He was trying to convince me to believe that it was okay for him to be with other women and and me be like his main girl, and he could pick up girls every here and there, or he could get his dick sucked every here and there. Like if he felt the vibe. That's an He was trying to hold on. He was trying to convince me that it was okay because when he was married. His ex-wife was bisexual and she was into girls, so he used to pick up bitches all the time and bring them home. So he was kind of, I guess, wanted a similar or the same type of situation. Yeah. But because he knew that I wasn't into it and I wasn't okay with it, he really, um, what's the word? He, like, composed himself for some time. He composed himself for some time. So I guess that kind he of... Analyzing, he's analyzing who you are to see right, if you can do the same right, shit. Right, 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 Exactly. So I think that... Exactly. So he was... But then he would throw certain, like... We would have certain conversations and be like, you know... He'll be like, oh, would you rather your man be honest with you and do things every here and there or be okay with it? Or would you rather think that you're not getting played or you're not being faithful... Like, somebody's being faithful to you and they're cheating on you and then... You get married and down the road you're unhappy and you're getting cheated on. So he's telling you straight up like what might happen in the future. He, no, he's saying which one, which route would I rather take. So he was saying kind of like his route was a much better, safer, honesty, like all the way honesty. I would know everything versus me being deceived by a man getting cheated on all the time and then not being happy. Okay, so like me and guy code, right. like for me, my guy code right. is... I'm gonna see which one you pick mm -hmm. to make sure it's safe. Cause if you spaz out about one, then I'm like, oh, I can't tell her shit, whatever the case is. Right. Right? So which one did you pick? No, he wasn't giving me a choice. He was saying his route was the that route and then somebody else would be that route. Oh, okay, okay. He so wasn't he giving told me you. a choice. Yeah, yeah. He okay. was saying, you know, kinda like, you know, if that was to happen and if he was to pick up a girl like I shouldn't get upset about it or I should be okay with it he wasn't necessarily saying that it was gonna happen but he was saying like if it does happen mm -hmm. for me to like I guess be okay with it which I would never be okay with that shit like fuck out of here go fuck yourself okay kind of um, attitude that's kind of like how my personality is I, if I don't if I don't like how I'm getting treated or I'm not happy I, I'm so quick to walk away I'll try to stay there as long as I can but if I'm not happy then I need to go mm. there's always options out there you know what I'm saying so why sit around and have a man treat me the way that I know I shouldn't be treated and be okay with it versus, you know, moving on? You hear that women, you hear that men? Do not deal with the bullshit. No, he was playing mind games. He was playing mind games and he was trying to make me believe that that was okay and that I should be okay with that. Okay. I shouldn't be okay with that. Why should I be okay with that? And he didn't know how to speak to people, which I hated a lot. So that was a big red flag. How did he speak? He was very nasty to people. Like, as we were out, just, you know, at a restaurant or maybe an Uber driver. One time I had to check him because he used to vape before. So he was vaping in the cab. 
he had a female driver and she's like no like you can't vape and he gave her the nastiest fucking attitude and i had to check him right there and be like you can't talk to her like that this is her vehicle this is her fucking car and on top of that she's a woman you can't speak to her like that are you fucking crazy and she looked over at me and she was like thank you so much but as long as you know who you're dealing with and i was like what the fuck she told oh, you bitch. she told she you she yes did. She did. no she did i'm not even gonna lie she did yes she did. Well, well, let me add. Was she black or Latina? She was Latina. You listen. Black women she was and Latina. Listen, black women and Hispanic women. At the end of the day, they have that. They have that. That source. Like they know. Right. They know what's but gonna. But he treated me very well, and on top of that, he knew how to cook. So he would be making. Cooking them. can get get somebody wet. Cooking <laughs> and singing. If you could sing and you can cook, that would right. get somebody wet in a oh minute. Oh my god, he was such a great cook. I'm not even gonna lie. He was super, super dope, super talented. He can cook his ass off like that. Can I ask? Yes. Italian, black, white? He was mixed. He was Italian and uh, Peruvian. Oh. Mm -hmm. So he was mixed. But he spoke fluent Spanish, so he was like Latin. That was a turn on, okay. I did like that because he was like the first guy that I've ever dealt with that I can actually have fluent conversations with in Spanish. Okay. But I wasn't used to having them. Okay. So I I'm a bad I'm a bad Hispanic. Like I'm black and Dominican, mm -hmm. as you know. And you know, I just listen. I'll be like, okay, I understand what you're saying, but I'm not talking back <laughs> to you because I don't know, and I right. speak it horribly. As my as 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 my little big mouths know, they're just like, yeah, we know you don't speak well. Right. Like yeah. yeah. I'm gonna just drink it, but I don't like. You don't it. like it. What is it about you don't like? The uh, texture. The texture is very foamy. It's very foamy. And it doesn't really taste like tequila. Do, you, do I need to talk to them? Mm -hmm. Okay. I could drink it. We could go somewhere else. <laughs> yes. So, um... Oh, so... I feel like it was um, trying to control me, I guess, because... We were dealing with each other for about... Almost... Two years, maybe over a year and a half. Oh. Two years and a half? No. Like a year and a half. Almost two years, right? Okay. And uh, we were friends for about two and a half years or three years prior to that. Okay. Okay, so um, it got to a point that we were kind of... I basically lived in his house. I was always in his house. I was always there. We would meet up after work all the time. We were always together, like on a... Basically, out of a month, we were together maybe 28 days, like almost every day. It was like rare for us not to be together. Day. So it got to a point that it was kind of like, what are we doing? Are we going to, because, you know, we, we didn't really have a foundation, to be honest with you. We were just drinking, having fun, going out, just hanging out. It's kind of like, what are we doing now? So he tried to give me an ultimatum. He was like, I want you to change your number and delete your Instagram. And I was like, why? What's wrong with my, you know, number? What's wrong with my Instagram? And he says, well, I don't like your Instagram. I don't like the pictures that you put up. You know, I don't like the way that your Instagram is set up. And he said, it looked like a sugar baby's page. And I was like, oh, wait, 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 sis. I'm sorry, not uh -huh. to cut you off. Uh -huh. Is it the, 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 the gram that I'm on that I see? Yes. He wanted me to delete it. I don't have another gram. I only have one. What looks sugar baby about it? Like you look like I'm a I'm a single girl having a good time. I travel. That's what you give. I don't know. I guess he just. Insecurity. I think that he just wanted me to. He wanted me to start a new page. I think he wanted me to 
not have contact with anyone that I knew from my past or anyone that I've interacted with and then start over and then just have him in my life. Like, he would say, like, oh, those old friends that you know growing up, like, you don't need to interact with them. Like, you don't need to be around them. And so, I'm is he like, deleting his? No. Exactly. But I didn't feel, I didn't feel it in me to do it. I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. I thought Smart about girl. doing my, changing my number if I that, because if you felt uncomfortable, maybe an ex called me or something like that. You know, so that was okay with me. But for me to delete my social media for you, for what? What What are you? What am I benefiting? What are you benefiting? And how is that going to help us grow as a couple? And how is that going to help us build a foundation? So I decided not to. And he gave me, he pretty much gave me a deadline. And he was going away. Yeah, but it, unspeakable speakingly told me that like you know you have until the end of the week to decide what you're gonna do and I was kind of like what because he was gonna go away with a friend of his oh really yes 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 so did he take you no why I don't know I guess I wasn't invited who knows what they were gonna be doing there well wait a minute because because if you want me to delete stuff and I'm wifey and I'm post post to all that then why why don't you go on a trip with me or why don't your wife go to trip with you to these different places right i agree with you 100 percent. i don't know if it was because i didn't do it prior to going because he was uh it was nearby it was in jersey they were going to cape may so it was driving distance so he was getting picked up and they were going to drive down there so i could have technically won but i'm sorry maybe it's just me so Fuck prior, because I could always take you on a trip and say, babe, delete this shit. Mm -hmm. Look, look, we both together, we're both going to delete our shit. Point blank. Period. Right. Had it been with that type of mentality, maybe I would have been more, I can't think of the word, but I would have been more prone to saying yes and yeah. being on board with that idea. But because it wasn't, I was like, no, because it felt like he was trying to have control over me. Mm -hmm. And I and wasn't okay with that. So where 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 did you see like okay this I know what he's doing where was the official I know what he's doing um he goes on the trip uh -huh. didn't answer my calls didn't answer my text messages gets back and then throws a party at his house and doesn't even tell me anything about it so I'm like oh okay so I'm just seeing this through social media like okay so I text him he doesn't respond I think he texts me back like at five six o'clock in the morning saying oh I was sleeping like oh yeah I'm sure he was sleeping. so he was lying of course, well. He could have been sleeping. I'm not exactly sure. I wasn't there. I don't know what time the party happened, what time it ended. I wouldn't be able to tell you. But there was a ton of girls and a ton of guys in his house. So, a ton of girls. Uh-huh. But I didn't text you, yo, babe. Like, right. I'm doing a party. That he had got back here. from his trip. I didn't even know he was even back. What did the trip consist of? I'm not exactly sure. His friend, um... Women, I'm sure, other guys, a ton of guys and girls, I'm sure. Oh, so I think it was at that point with those actions that I just said, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore, and we have not spoken since. since because then. I saw it shifting where his actions were moving towards a different direction. So now he's like, oh, I don't care, like I'm doing whatever I want. Like that's that's the future telling you of what's gonna happen to come. I come out and I call that the wife state, the the you you're my trophy wife state. So I always say this, like I say people can handle the trophy wife or husband where you're that perfect girl, like mm -hmm. you're beautiful, I see you in this light like mm -hmm. my mother. Mm 
-hmm. And not, it's not a bad thing to see somebody as your mother, mother, but someone like I see you as my mother. I see you as great. I see you as non-harm, non-touched. Mm -hmm. And then you turn around, you be a thought-ass motherfucker with somebody else where you like, I'm gonna ski all over this girl, I'm gonna put my shit in, do all this nasty shit with this girl. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's where these things happen where it's, now you got the wife and the mistress. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For me, I like my, I like my, I like my motherfucker to be both. I want you to be the, the husband, the mistress, right? the freak, the, the, the killer, possible. the assassin. Uh -huh. I want you to be like, all I don't like him. And he go over there, pop, pop, pop. Okay. <laughs> you know, he was dope. I had a great time with him. I learned a lot. Yeah. But um, we're just not meant to be. We're not. We can't build anything. And as much as I would like to say that we had such an amazing interaction, something that I haven't had before, that I don't know about ever even find again. You know. But I, I wasn't happy, and I can't jeopardize my happiness. I w I had a ton of anxiety. I had all these emotions. You know, I can't sit there and jeopardize my mental health for someone else. It's very true. And now that we're not speaking anymore, and it's done, because it is done. You felt the lift. I'm not anxious anymore. I'm not angry anymore. I'm not sad anymore. Like, all those emotions are all gone. Mm. And it's crazy, because I never knew what the root of them were. I just knew that I was just experiencing these emotions, and I didn't know where they were coming from. And it seems like just the situation of me just not being happy was compromising my mental health, and that's why I would feel the way that I feel. I'm happy now. I feel good. I feel great. And I'm She looked like Laura Croft girl. <laughs> she's giving she's giving she's giving my Latina Laura Croft right now with her little ponytail and, and her black brain. everything. She is so giving Laura Croft. And you know, it's great. So I'm actually thankful that this quarantine this happened all during quarantine that I was able to you know, move on. I think I think that's one of the great things about the quarantine. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of great people yeah. during the quarantine. No, yeah, we lost our Black Panther. We lost our NBA stars, our NBA icons. We lost so many great people. Even we don't even want to talk about, um, you know, celebrities, but even loved ones we lost. And I think that this has been a good thing as far as learning. Mm -hmm. Who are for, who's someone who's for you in a crisis and mm -hmm. who's not for you in a crisis? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, like especially if you're in a bind, like you know, I don't know if you don't mind talking about this, like you know, losing your situation, losing the job and stuff, mm -hmm. and then being with this person, he should be very open to a lot of things. And mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, I really like, you know, everybody laughs at me all the time when I talk about Ciara and Russell. And I'm like, to me, that's a man, that's a couple, that's someone that you, mm -hmm. you feel comfortable with because it's like, baby, whatever, if something happens, I got you, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And I could laugh, I could joke with you, I could be my, my inner self, I could be a retard around you, I could dance, I could, I, I could fart in your face, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can be this person with uh -huh. you. It shouldn't be, I should be that trophy person with you now. Right. And then, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be two different ways. Even if you want to talk about Obama and Michelle, you know what I mean? If you want to go on that level, like, Obama don't know what the hell he got. He got him a fire starter. But she's smart. She's educated. And it, it is what it is. So, yeah. If there was, for, for all the girls out there, for the girls and the girl girls out there, <laughs> you know, keep it above. 
for those for people out there who's in any relationship whether male male on male female on female yourself whatever what would you have to come out and say to them and say be aware of pay attention to because i think i sent you something on your on text mm -hmm. with the five whatever i don't know if you still remember the five situations yes i read it i, I believe i read it yes it, is. it was so positive and so beautiful i think it was. you know yes, i i be thinking about you when we be talking but so. i you know it's more so you know paying attention to if you have like a grown man or like a grown boy and i feel like i thought he was a grown man and i think he was more so like a grown boy in my opinion and just explain that okay so it's more so like it's just someone who's not mentally and ready to have a relationship i would say who is still playing games but just ended up getting older and is still with the mentality of a younger person i feel like mm -hmm. but you know just making sure that you don't you don't settle and don't ever make anyone think that you're crazy or that certain things should be okay that you know are not okay okay you know and just you know start believing them because i really feel like he was really trying to guide me and take me to that direction and i was kind of almost falling for it because of the interaction and the bond that we had and because it was so great i was only taking and paying attention to the positive when the situation itself overall taking a step back wasn't yeah. even that great it was actually semi-toxic yeah you know i'm not saying that oh he was going around fucking everything that he saw no that was not the case but he did not know how to speak to me and he had plans on venturing off it seemed like so if they tell you who they are when you first meet them sit down there and listen mm -hmm. and i think what, what what tends to happen with all of us is we look at the the, the good things first and not mm -hmm. look at the bad mm -hmm. and sometimes we have to look at the bad and say is this something that i could um deal with in my life mm -hmm. so for instance let's talk about some small stuff okay this motherfucker snoring can i do this or could <laughs> i put something in my ears and ignore it this mother right. sweats hardcore in the bed i don't know <laughs> maybe i could get a cooler and maybe a cool a cooling foam, foam what is it foam a right. cooling foam and he could calm that ass down right. because this sweating shit doesn't work for me this person talks to me in a certain way that I don't like. Right. Will I be able to take that? Right. No, we would we would go to war because I don't, you know, if I feel like something's wrong or I don't like something, I'm very vocal and I speak up. Listen, you're, you're, you're my feisty Dominicana, so oh. I already know. Like, I spoke up every time and he tried to make me feel like I shouldn't be speaking up because I'm a woman and he's a man and that's his role and my role is to not speak up. And I would be like, no, this is not okay and things shouldn't be that way. So we would clash a lot. So let me tell you. You don't realize how strong what you just said, how strong it is, and how how um important it is for the culture, as far as gay culture, um, Hispanic culture, Latino culture, Black culture. Because there's a lot of women out there. There's a lot of gay men out there who's in let's say the femme role, and they don't think that they should come out of that. That they should try to fix something. And sometimes you can't fix something that's already broken. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Right. And I, I'm happy that you got yourself out of that. And I'm happy that you, you know, we hate that, you know, you ex you experienced that. But mm -hmm. it's good that you did experience it. Because now, when you meet somebody, right. you know what you're not going to deal with. Right. And what you're I know more so with. what I'm, yeah, like what I, I know more so 
I knew before what I didn't want, but I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted. But now I'm towards the right path. I know what I want and I know what I don't want. Okay. So now I'm more aware and sure of what I want in general, you know, in a man. Okay. Where did the corona situation lead in your life? Like, how has corona switched up? I, I, this is probably a couple of questions. Hopefully you remember it. Okay. So, how did corona, when it first hit, switch your lifestyle? Oh, everything. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful and I'm safe and my family is great. So, that's always, you know, that's always a plus. And that's more so what I was concerned about. I was concerned about someone like my mom getting sick and mm. you know and actually catching it so I was very you know very aware of everything that I was doing towards the beginning and everything but um you know just losing my job and then I had all these trips planned for the year mm. uh, family trips individual trips and stuff like that so all of that's canceled and traveling makes me happy it's like mm. gives me like a sense of um, fresh air and I get to reset every time that I yeah. that I go somewhere new and I venture out so I had um, insomnia. Really? Yes, I couldn't sleep. Oh my gosh. I think I went like 30 something hours, 36 hours without sleeping at one point. And I used to have so many nights that I just couldn't sleep. But um, so for me, it didn't impact my life so, so much. It's like the little things that don't really matter. Okay. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh my gosh, my life got turned upside down. No, it did not. I was okay. Okay. So it didn't turn into your life upside, upside down. No, not to the down point where it was like crazy and you were just like, uh huh. Mm -hmm. Not to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm dying, you know. Uh huh. But um, yeah. But um, for sure, um, it was very, definitely very eye opening for me, and I was able to, you know, realize so many things just personally and. <laughs> Why you got quiet? Because I was like, what is he doing? I, I know, had to look I, real quick. I had to get my gas real quick. I was talking to something, somebody. <laughs> got it, babe. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, yeah. So, just my mental health was very compromised. And I was able to get it back in check. So, thankfully that I'm back in, you know, back in order. And the only major thing that I went through during the quarantine was my breakup. Which, I don't even know if you can really call it a, a breakup. Just my interaction just being done a toxic interaction just being done something that i didn't need to be in as far as traveling goes um i take about maybe it depends on the year i can take maybe six to eight trips a year so i haven't been able to travel as of yet the last trip that i made was back in february and that was to i went to um to europe and i went to amsterdam and germany which was very interesting because when i got to amsterdam you saw so many Asians coming and in, going into the country and everyone had masks, everyone had gloves, and I'm just there by myself. I had already heard of coronavirus, but I was kind of like making jokes about it. Like I'm telling my friend, like, you got to stand right here. You can't let them too close to me because, you know, I could catch it. Just making jokes out of it just because I wasn't aware of how serious it was for many people and how much it was affecting so many people. But you definitely saw the fear. You definitely saw the interaction. You definitely saw how people were afraid of what was happening and even coming back just to airports in Europe 
they were super packed, a lot of Asian people, and just, everybody just, just seemed, it was just like chaos, and everybody just seemed in fear. So when I got back to New York, I kind of was already thinking that it was gonna come over here. And as I saw Italy had about seven, we're good, yeah, thank you. May I take the plate? Uh, the yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, can I have the sauce? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Sorry, thank you. I'm still working on the fries, thank you. Uh, and whenever you get a chance, can I have a napkin? Awesome. Thank you so much. So yes, I got back and once I saw it traveled and it was all over Italy, um, I was actually telling my family and warning my family and they kind of looked at me like I was crazy, but you know, it just so happened that, you know, right after everything shut down and I'm like, oh my gosh, you see, and then I had a friend who lived in China. So I went and I started, you know, speaking to him and kind of, you know, um, getting the insight of what was happening over there and how the shutdowns were so I was able to kind of like get like um, a heads up of what was waiting for us here in New York City so I was a little prepared and I'm glad for that you know so thankfully that's done and and I'm fortunately I'm safe and I'm healthy and I'm ready to just get back out there and normally like if I'm in a relationship or I'm in anything and I get out of it I um, I normally like do a reset so I'll stay single for months and months and months and months without dating without talking to anyone so but I've actually already met someone new and I've been hanging out with that person very very often and so far so good so you know can't you know get ahead of myself thus far but yeah so far so good so that's what matters and um you know, I'm focused on that, and I'm glad that, you know, that door to that other relationship is definitely closed, because I feel like if it wasn't closed, and coronavirus didn't happen, and I didn't have this chance, I would have been still speaking to him, still interacting with him, going back and forth, we would have been stuck in a routine, so I'm glad that that's officially done. Yes, babe? Hey! What happened? You saw cheese and all, all those things. I got happy to see you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Where did where, where did you where did you leave off at? Because I had to go to the bathroom. So I spoke about kind of like um, the last trip that I made, which was in February, and how I saw a lot of Asians and you saw the fear and they were just it was, the airports were super chaotic. Okay. So I saw that. So I kind of had like a little heads up, and then once it came here. Um, I hit up my friend in China and I kind of got like a better understanding of what was happening there. I also have a friend in Spain, so I hit up my friend in Spain also. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, travel. I did, so I was kind of speaking and, and speaking to people that I've interacted travel, with. Travelili.com. <laughs> yes. I was, I was interacting with people, kind of just getting, just getting like a, a insight of what they were going through, what their experience was like for me to get prepared and get my family ready of what we could be looking forward to. So you was so. more ready than the orange man. I don't say the man's name, <laughs> but you was more ready than the orange man. You knew what was coming. Oh yeah, 100%. I got back in February and I was telling my family that it was coming. And then after after we were when we were getting ready to shut down, I was telling, I was hitting up everybody that I knew through DMs like, hey, it's gonna be a few months. And I had people, like people that I was very close to, I had people responding to me like, that's impossible. It's gonna be a week, two weeks match three weeks tops because they can't have the city shut down like that. That, that, like, that U.S. privilege, that U.S. privilege. And I'm like, well, from what I'm hearing, it's going to be for the next two to three months minimum. So, 
So, you know, and then it was good because after we were close for like two months, I went back and I'm like, I told you, I told you, and I told you too. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you should have just said thank you and prepared yourself instead exactly. of looking at me like I was crazy, like I didn't know what I was talking about. Not to say, oh my gosh, I know everything, but you know, I felt like I had some concrete information, I had some reliable sources, and I was trying to educate anyone that was in my immediate circle. Whether you wanted to listen to it or not, that was up to you at that point. But yeah. But you know what I feel that like a lot of people, they fail to sit down there and understand like we, yes, I feel we are a great country in certain situations, but we in certain, see I said certain, in certain situations, but we don't have it together in others. Like, like Canada has it together when it comes to healthcare and stuff. Spain has it together when there's like situations going on. So we need to get on board with a lot of th- and things. Like we need to open our eyes. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's really sad. And who gets hurt in the long run? Like, of course, minorities get hurt in the long run. You know, it's so sad. You know? And then, as we touched, touched up on that, um, 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 oh yeah, um, I'm glad that this happened. And oh yeah, like normally when I get out of a relationship, I'm like single for like a long time. I'm talking like single, not dating, not interacting, not talking to anyone for like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 mm-hmm. months. And it's happened to me twice. I'm like single for like an entire year, not interacting, not going on those dates, not doing nothing. And this time around, I'm out of that and I'm already talking to someone. So this is the first time that literally like right after. So it speaks volumes of like what Bro. that situation was. No, what that situation really was. Okay. It makes me feel like, was I really emotionally there or like what was to deal with that that it was so easy for me to just sit there this was not okay this was not good for me and I'm okay with like hanging out with someone else on a daily basis with no problem not thinking about him not missing him not wanting to call him none of that nothing at all. I, I will come out and say he, he, he so the, this person you talked to now he was he was cute you know why he was cute because you know, we did a call. We was talking. He he was still vibing. <laughs> I said, I, and I'm like, I'm like, bitch, like you on a call? You on a date? What the fuck? Are you talking to? What, what happened? And you like? No, wait, but wait. No. It was a confusion. I wasn't. I went. I was at the guy's house, and you thought that I was working things out with my ex. Yes. And he said, are you working things out? And I'm like, no, I'm not working things out. So he says in the background, like, uh, uh-uh, uh, she's not working nothing out. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we were talking about that last night. I was like, I was like jealous much. Are you okay? He's like, yeah, you're not working anything out. Yeah. So that was cute. That was cute. I like like and, and you know what? That's a that's a grown ass man to say. Uh, you know, I don't like that shit. Like you're not I working like anything he's, out. He's, he's a good time. I have fun with him. So we'll see where it goes. I don't want to. I was saying earlier. I was like, I don't want to get too ahead of myself and feel like, oh my gosh, you know. But listen, listen. I'm getting to know him. He's getting to know me and. I don't think about my ex at all. I don't look at his social media. Like, I'm not trying to see what he's up to. Thank that. you. I don't have that want or need. Silly, silly, silly. You know, it's funny because it's normally, like, when I'm out of relationships, I'm, like, stuck and I'm thinking about the person. I miss them and I'm, like, so hurt about it. Not this time around. I'm, like, good riddance and goodbye. Like, I'm so happy. Like, you know, it's completely different. Like, it's, it's crazy. I think that's that. That's a normal... That's, that's a good thing. I think, you know, we... You know, overly doing a lot of things can be hazardous to a person. Mm-hmm. So, like, overly saying, like, oh, I broke up with you. Now I'm done for, for some, with people for a year. 
that could be crazy mentally. You and know, I never did it on purpose. It just naturally just But that's what I'm that saying. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a mental thing. Yeah. And then someone who, if they break up, they automatically, I'm going to jump into this next relationship. I think doing too much sometimes mm -hmm. and not going with the flow and the vibe can be sometimes too much. Could be too much for some people. So I don't know if it's because we had a good connection as we met and that's why we're hanging out with him, but it's just mm. what it is right now. My ex isn't for rude awakening because we've gone like a month, a month and a half without talking or something. And we go right back into the same routine. He's not going to be able to get in contact with me. That's done. That door's closed. Like, yeah. Bye. It's called block to the door. Oh, he, he, um, one of my friends was like, he's, he's writing about you. And I was like, what is he writing? So he posted some food and... I guess he put something, they sent it to me, so he put something along the lines like, you should be here eating with me, but you fucked up or something like that. You fucked up, no, you fucked up. I gotta look at the messages, up. and I'm like... But you know what that was? That was for you to respond. Of course, to get a reaction out of to it. Get so a I reaction. just told my friend, I was like, do not send me anything of this man ever again. Like, Because I have grown, and I, I know what maturity... Like, I don't even want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it, because I don't want to wonder and think and be like, oh, what if? No, I'm good. That door is closed. I don't even want to hear about it anymore. So I'm like, girl, you just don't be like, anymore. I, I know what mature. The fries are stuck to, to each other, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to pull them from apart. But, um, I wish him the best. No hard feelings. Nothing. I think he's an amazing person. His food is so fire. Um, and, you know, I'm just, we're just not for each other. I'm not looking what he's looking for. And he's not what I'm looking for. Like, we're just not going to be on the same page ever. So. Do you ever tell the, the new guy, do you tell the new guy about, because they say a lot of times no. women tell the new guy no. too much about, no. good job. Girl, you got to shut up and listen. Good job. <laughs> and when, like, I remember when we when we first went on our first date, he's asking me, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I'm not exactly sure what I'm looking for. Once I know what I'm looking for, I see it, I'll know. Like, when you tell too much, you talk too much, and you start telling the guy, I want this, I want that, I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. It kind of gives them an insight, and they can turn into that person just because, just yeah. for the role. They'll play the role just to get you, just for the moment, you know? Okay. So you're like, oh, I like a guy who's a gentleman, who's chivalrous, and this and that. And then all of a sudden, he's opening all doors, and he's like, oh, what, are, what do you want me to pour you some water? So no, keep your mouth shut. Like I feel like you should do, and I can talk. So <laughs> I can talk. So when I'm first getting to know each other, like you won't hear me speak as much. You won't get to see my full personality because I'm paying attention to you and I'm, I'm interacting with you and I'm trying to learn you, you know. And you talking too much, it gives them upper, upper hand. And plus, it's not okay for for them to know what you've been through and, and how you've been hurt. Like he don't know you. He doesn't care. Like. Mm -hmm. That's something down the road if it gets to that place. But other than that, you don't need to be talking about it. It's not anyone's business. That's about hot shit. Like, where, how long does it take for a dude to get in the drawers? Because guys, we, 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 you know, no, let's talk on the gay side. Gay side, we be like, all right, he's cute. All right, you can get this. And then we got emotional. We be like, oh, fuck this man. Like, he will whack. Or like, all right, this is what it is. Cause we going on sexual passion. Right. What about what about you? Like. Oh my gosh, it's taking a guy forever, mm. forever before, and this one it didn't. And that was, and I was like, oh my gosh, what the fuck happened? But um, it happened. Uh huh. I'm being honest. But uh, prior to that, like my guy, I was just dealing with. It took a really, really long time, and he said he's like, he was like, he was like, I am very impressed. I would have never imagined that it would take this long you know and then my ex prior to that who i was with for some time 
same thing. It took a long time. Okay. So I've been in very long relationships, so Got there's it. not many exes to talk about. And I've never really like dated and just had fun. Like I've never had that either. Mm. So initially, this I actually thought this might have been that, and I think I was just trying to close that door with my ex, but it's turned out to be a little bit more than that. So I'm just enjoying it, things in the moment, and just going with the flow now. Do you feel that sometimes? Do you feel that sometimes? that um i think you should wait okay you should wait because you show a man your self-worth and i was raised in a very conservative family like my mom her my dad was the only man she was with my grandmother her husband was that was the only man she was with okay so i was around these women who were very powerful and they felt like sex was not everything sex is not everything like you know just let a man a guy learn your mind and get to know you as a person before anything because that their true intention when a man looks at you is to fuck you. He wants to see how quick you can fuck you. This show. 100%. Especially, like, it doesn't even matter what you look like. You get what I'm saying? You could be here or you could be there and he will just want to fuck you. That's his intention. No, he's not trying. He's taking on a date. He's not trying to get to know how you felt about your last relationship or what you really want to know. He wants to know what kind of woman you are and if he can fuck you tonight. 100%. And if somebody tells you that that's not the case, they're lying to you. That's a fucking bullshit lie. So it's up to you to, you know, as a woman, I feel like you should wait. Okay, if it happens, all right, it happened. Like, you don't have no control over that. But if you purposely go on dates and you're purposely, like, constantly giving yourself and creating soul ties with your random people, then you really need to reevaluate yourself as a person and take a step back and see mm -hmm. what's going on internally with you. You. Yeah. And I will come out and say, not just as a woman, I think for non-binary, for gay, for straight, for bisexuals, for order, like, you really need to evaluate a lot of things that's going on because we're so used to, oh, this person was nice to me, so let me sleep with them. And it's like, no, bro, no, okay. or sis, no, like, sit down there and know what your self-worth is and then go from there and that's also your superpower too your body your mind your Definitely. who you are and then a lot of times a lot of women don't realize but when men are dating and they're dating you they're also possibly dating someone else and they just don't tell you about it if they like you they won't tell you they're not going to be like hey i went on another date last week so they already have something preset in the mind something or someone else to compare you to so if you sit in there and you fucking first night mm -hmm. he's thinking like oh the other girl i went out on a date last week she didn't fuck me first night and it kind of like sets you off balance so you see if you show a man that you value yourself and your body then he'll treat you like that way you get what i'm saying i feel like when you when you act a certain way you, you give them a leverage of how to treat you and just the same as talking too much and just letting them to know, know too much about yourself like you shouldn't be talking too much on the first date or second or third like, yeah listen but i'll get him to get him to ask oh i don't know what i'm looking for so what are you looking for you tell me about you you ask him questions you get to know him and see how he grew up and how he was raised and what type of man he is mm -hmm. unless you're just looking for a hookup and then that's a completely different story you know it's no yeah. there are people who just want to fuck so can't, I don't judge anybody. You do how you do, girl. No, it's true. Like you gotta keep it up. You gotta keep it up. But like, not everybody's a goody goody. Not everybody's like chill. Some people are just like, I, I, I gave it up, but I did what I needed to do. And you know, that's that's the awesome thing. And I think that's one of the things I love about doing this podcast. Is like, we keep it up. There's no judgment. And if you are judging, get the fuck off. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, it's life situation. Nothing is ever perfect. You know what I mean? So, everything is a learning experience. And I think when I when I do these podcasts, I do these podcasts to sit down there and say, look, I went through this. 
I don't want you to go through this. Right. Listen to it and learn it and see what see see if these are the situations that you're going through. Exactly. So you don't have to go through it. Like you, you don't know what have I'm to deal with nothing. You don't have to deal with a man that cheats on you. You don't have to deal with a man that doesn't know how to speak to you. You don't have to deal with that. Like, Definitely. If it's not okay. It's not okay. Like, you don't and, have to. Do and that. I think like a lot of a lot of gay guys won't talk about it like women will. Is that they deal with those shits. Like, they don't talk about stuff like that. Like, this dude told you, oh, slim down, do this, whatever, and then you do it. And then now he wants this part of you. He wants this of you. And right. then when he's done with you, okay, go home. You right. know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why I think women and um, gay people have that type of connection. Mm-hmm. Because you do go through the same shit. Right. We realize dudes are crazy. And uh-huh. they all right. They're uh-huh. on some next shit. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you gotta check that ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You gotta check that ass. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's what made me survive so long. Checking that ass real quick. Mm-hmm. But listen, we about to wrap this up real quick. I want to say thank you, Lily, for coming through. Thank you for having me. Definitely. And you're gonna see more of us. This is Mr. Big Mouth, aka Dante. See ya. Stay buddy. Hi everybody, this is Mr. Big Mouth, a.k.a. Dante Ante, and we are in the building in the new 2021. And ain't that fucking new, because Corona's still here, and we're still doing what we do, when we do, how we do it. And I got the homie he- here. What up, homie? What's good? How you doing? Uh, What's up, I'm, people? I'm chilling, I'm chilling. Um, This is your first time on, on this, this uh, podcast with me, and... You know, I've been trying to get you for like months and it's been, I, I, I almost like, I almost had to run up to wherever you are to get you in New York. So I'm actually really happy that I got you at the right time and the right moment to do and do this. So thank you so much, everybody. We got, so just to let you know how I get down on my podcast, this is an anonymous podcast. So nobody knows your name. Nobody does any of that. So we're just going, we're just going to call you Q. Is that cool? Cute. I like Q. Okay. So I was definitely that Q dude in Juice. I was definitely Q. I cannot. I cannot. Some some of my listeners. You sure you sure did, cause some of my listeners don't even know who the hell Juice is. And if y'all don't know, you can always Spotify or Google or look up where, where what Juice was. It was an epic time in the nineties. So definitely. Speaking of the nineties, people don't don't know who you are and they know but they don't know and the crazy thing is is that you was the dude of the 90s in the ballroom scene and you was like doing your thing and and it was a real learning experience for a lot of people like we see the ballroom scene now where it's legacy and it's all glitz and glam and then it's all oh i want to do that and i want to do this and then we see and see all the stuff that's exposed with pose and, and and whatnot. How real was that for you when you was in the scene? And how, matter of fact, let's even go from the top. When you first got into the whole world, how was it for um, for you? Was it much more like I was just walking around and I said, "Hey, I met somebody." I said, "Yay!" Like, what was that like? I mean, I would have to, uh, let me process that real quick for like two seconds. I, I want to make sure I come from the right perspective um, mm-hmm. and how it was for me. Because you know, when you experience things, um, 
people's understanding experience may be different from mm-hmm. yours. And I know definitely uh, to large extremes, uh, my story differs from theirs. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we talked about the glitz and the glamour and how so my lifestyle was never about glitz and glamour. It mm-hmm. was just, this is who I am. You know, I'm not putting on for nobody else. It's just, it's me. And this is why you and I, you know, we're unique individuals because we don't care about what people think about us. We don't particularly care about getting validated by other people. Um, we do what we do because we can do it and we want to and we can afford to do it, those type of things. Mm. So with that being said, a lot of that glitz and glamour in that 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 world was more so for show and not a reality. Mm. So me coming into that world, it showed me that, oh, shit. People are dope. Oh, these motherfuckers is fly. I want to do anything and everything to be like them. Okay. Because it was so fascinating. Because a lot of us came from, um, to say the least, some of us come from disenfranchised spaces and places. So mm. to see that you've been outcast by those poor spaces and places, those disenfranchised places, to walk into a wonderland of wealthy people who embrace you for your sexuality and everything else. Mm. That looks different. It hit different. So if I'm from Brownsville, Brooklyn, all I know is the hood, and now the hood don't fuck with me because I'm gay, that's problematic. Mm. Now I find my escape, which may be the Christopher Streets, the boardroom scene, whatever those scenes are. Mm. But to every good thing, there's a negative side to things. So in my experience, I did see a lot of the negativity and the negative sides to things. It was reality. You can't sit there and make it as though it's a ballroom scene thing or LGBT. It's, it's a thing. Whatever community you populate in, it's going to have a good side and a bad side to it, upside and downside. Mm. It's up to that person, that individual, to have the strength to be able to remain the same and not change who they are to appease other people. Mm. So when you start fronting like you're glamorous and then people see the worlds. It's like, bitch, you a bum-ass bitch. You're the most shadiest character in the world to people. You put people down. You say disparaging things to them. You dis- you disrespect people on a constant basis. And you live like this. Mm-hmm. And that was my reality for a lot of situations when it came into just the gay LGBT community, period. I can't say ballroom. I can't just say this place or that. It was a fucking community. Okay. I walked into a community was everything wasn't what it seemed. It was the land of make-believe to me. It's so funny that you say that word, that word, the land of make-believe, because I was on that app and somebody was doing a live and they was they had a segment just talking about the land of make-believe. And they were saying the land of make-believe because it was very much so on the app. Um, everybody was best friends for five seconds and then one person was liking this other person for five seconds and now they're boyfriends and whatever within three months, right? And then within that fourth to fifth month, it was, I hate you. I'm showing all your dick pictures, all this, all this extraness, right? And I realized that it's not only just one part of the community. Just the, You said it so perfectly. It's the whole part of the community. And what is it that we sit down there and do that it goes from perfect to craziness and chaos? Like, what is the, that, what is the thing that we do and what is something that we need to do to stop that? Part one to the question in respects to, um, what do we do? We don't do anything. It's been done to us. Explain. We didn't do anything. We inherited a lot of these behaviors. 
we inherit these learned behaviors, these chaotic relationships, this substance use and abuse. Whether we were directly impacted by drug use, it was in our communities. We came through the fucking 80s, the crack pandemic epidemic, with a long coat, like, sided by uh, HIV and AIDS. So you have the crack epidemic going on parallel to the uh, HIV and AIDS epidemic. We, a lot of people that grew up in the 80s grew up kind of fucking rough. Mm-hmm. So we lived in dysfunction. Anything that's functional is dysfunctional to us. We're immune to dysfunction. We're immune to struggle. We're immune to those things. Mm-hmm. So that's normal to us. To people like myself, that's not normal to me because I didn't come from that way. You know what I'm saying? That's why I always told you some of the most successful LGBTQ people are the ones that still have that family support and family foundation because you cannot forget where the fuck you came from. You can't fall into the land that make believe because you're still a part of your organic family. Mm-hmm. Somebody in that family is going to remind you that you're not Talik. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of a friend a friend, a friend like that and that like listen, I have multiple fr- uh, friends named like my other friend named Kiana. My other fr- uh, friend named Tyreek. My other friend named um, Juju B. Like I had multiple friends. Like you knew some of them. You knew my you knew my fr- uh, my friends. You know what I mean. And some of them weren't even my friends. Some of them were my associates for that time and time being. So Q, I understand that completely. Uh, completely, you know. Um, when I, uh, you know, for for me, I, I explain this to a lot of people. I'm like, listen. Very much so, um, I know that I'm a part of the community, but I'm not a part of the community. And I say it like... Well, what is the community to you? Because you asked... Oh, I'm sorry. The second part to that question, before you go any further, so I want to answer. We didn't do anything. Let's not solve real that. But you asked, what do we need to do? What we need to do is focus on our childhood traumas and get mental health. Seek mental health. Have a healthy dialogue with somebody outside of your community to give you insight that some of this stuff that you're participating in is not normal. The disrespect, the abuse, uh, the constant in and out of relationships, you go from zero to a thousand, you meet, greet, have sex, and then you're married, living with each other, and now you're about to kill each other in the house. Those relationship dynamics would possibly change if you took the time out to address what's going on in you internally that seeks that type of person mm-hmm. that would receive that type of abuse and disrespect I had to find my way through those, those curtains too because it was like alright what about me is so messed up in me that I can get these messed up individuals around me whether it was a relationship friendships or whatever mm-hmm. I just kept having negativity revolve around me because of the fact that what's going on in me Mm-hmm. Once I corrected that, those people started falling off because I'm no longer cool with them no more because I don't do the things they do. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's about evolution, but it's also about understanding that mental health is a keen capacity. We'll go get our physical health done. We'll go, some of us go get our dental health done. You know, you do all of this, this manicuring on the outside, but you have not taken care of anything internally. Mm-hmm. And so I, you're beautiful on the outside but destroyed in the inside it's no shame and, and that's why fuck people do the fuck things that they do mm-hmm. and I understand that complete, completely because so let us let me revert back to what I was saying and come back into this so going back to what I was saying I've never felt comfortable with just 
being with one place. My thing, as you know of me, was very much school, chilling. That was just basically it. Um, trying to learn things outside of, of, you know, New York. You know, that was always my thing. And um, when I was exposed to different things, you listen, you already know I was exposed to certain things. And I was just like, uh, this is not my thing. Or who wants to know me when people didn't know me? And I was very much so, so that person, like, I don't care if they know me. This is not my thing. Again, you know, and I always felt, and I still feel at the, the point of, um, um, at the point of, I don't fit in a box and don't even categorize me in a box. You feel what I'm saying? I'm saying? So it's always much so that, you know, um, at this point now, I had friends, going back to what you said before, like I had friends, as you know, you knew my ex-best friend, um, where we was, yes, very much the ex-best friend, <laughs> um, where we were cool, but then as I'm getting older, I start realizing all you want to do is go to Miami and do the fuckboy shit all the time. Like, like I want to see what's the world outside of Miami. Like, come on, let's see that. And it's a no, it's a no, it's a no. And then that no starts turning into a go. I see you later. And then I, I built my own tribe and I started doing whatever I wanted to do. And it got me to see Barcelona. It got me to see Israel. It got me to have conversations with with um white people, European people, other people. When they talk to me, they see um a little rough Dante. But at the end of the day, when they when they have a conversation and say, oh, well, I've been to there. I said, I've been there too. You have? And it's that look when they talk to brown people. You have? How did you have the money to come out? So, on the opposite end of the spectrum, right? So, me coming from a, a certain level of privilege, right? Mm. Where I grew up at. You know what I'm saying? It was foreign to me. I would look at you like they looked at you. Like, you have? You, know, you haven't, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you told me that you didn't do something, like, I, like the things that you experienced, I've experienced growing up. Like, the traveling, being on planes, having a bank account, I was good. When I got to the city, I was surprised that so many people had not worked before, didn't finish mm -hmm. high school, wasn't even trying to go back to school. They sat on Christopher Street all night long. I had to go to school in the morning. Mm -hmm. I, I hung out at a certain point, and I got to go home, y'all. You got to curfew, y'all. I got school in the morning. Yep. <laughs> they be out there all night long. And I'm going to school. Mm. So, again, we all were exposed to things. That's not the choices that we decided to make about what route we wanted to take. Were both paths easy? No. Some of them came with different types of bumps. Mm. I mean, I had hit the rocks and bumps that my friends may have, but I hit my own in its own respects. Mm. But we survived if we're still here, especially after 2020. Mm. We, did a, we did okay. You know what I'm saying? But like we said, going to that fuckboy shit, I didn't spend my 20s having that luxury lifestyle of going to Miami's. I've never been to a sizzle. I've never been to... Only pride I've been to out of state is um, D.C. twice in my whole entire life. And I think that was my 21st birthday and I went with my mom's. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love <laughs> so your mom. Like, I did. Rest in peace, mom. But like, um, at the end of the day... I was doing other things. I had a job. I worked. I had things going on. So I didn't have the luxuries of doing that. And now, you know what? But I did date people that wasn't on that level with me to say, 
yo, let's go do this. And you like, again, the Nas turn into um, uh, next time maybes. And then it turns into just like, go ahead, do it by yourself. Now you're going to set up yourself for the failure because you know how I'm bringing it. Mm. I'm coming done. I'm, first of all, I look single because you ain't manicuring none of this. Mm. Everything Tommy cast, no nigga has ever put on me. I made me. I'm self-made. Q. Two. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. I'm here. Bleep everything. <laughs> so me, my thing is being who I am and knowing my value. Take a different, take a different life with me. You know what I'm saying? But then the people that didn't come from the lifestyle I came from, which was somewhat privileged they start getting a taste of the good life mm. when they meet people like me or when they just venture out on their own and step out of the box. Mm. They start falling into the Chelsea areas and seeing, oh, it's not that bad over here. Actually, I like it better over here. And that's what happens to a lot of us. Because, yeah, I started in the hood of the gay community. Let's be clear. Christopher Street is the hood of the gay community. Mm. Every one of our clubs was like holding the walls, meat factories, sex shop. It was like the bottom of the barrel. But you go a couple blocks up, you start looking at Chelsea, they got everything catering to those white boys. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm not white, but I'm still gay, so I fit in. Then they treated me funny. Like, I had a full point, bro. I got just as much money as you have. <laughs> it's true. I'm just as bad as you are. <laughs> it's so true. So, yeah, I had those, even in, with the racism in the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. I went to Chelsea, I promise you. I went to Chelsea to meet up with two of my friends, and I went to this, um, bar called the view bar and it was like diagonal from where on 23rd street where bbq's is at nice little bar i walked in there stood at the bar i'm wearing my you know regular brooklyn clothes like i'm not dressed up i'm, nigga, I'm a hood nigga so white man looking at me at the bar i'm just sitting there he's like um he looked at he dropped the napkin in front of me like i was gonna order a drink i ain't actually gonna order yet i didn't want to start drinking so my friends got there you know what i'm saying to see what they wanted so i could just put it on my card Old boy walked over to me and said, um, can't sit here if you, uh, it's a two drink minimum. That man treated me like I was an escort coming to town tricks, trying to get a white boy to take me home. Mm. Like I was some bum ass clown. So my two friends arrived, I let the manager know like, yo, that right there? Yeah. I ain't seen him say that to nobody else. And our first two rounds of drinks were free. Mm. And my friends were black. <laughs> and they look sophisticated, not me. They chose that spot, not me. <laughs> mm. So it's just those things that go on with our community. But once we know how to navigate that racism um, within those communities and cultures, because it's not always there. Mm. Like when I went on boat rides by myself um, after work, the live after five on South Street Seaport, I went on a boat by myself. Some racist shit was said at a point in time. And oh boy, this was on my birthday, actually. It was a daytime boat ride. Things like a hundred dollars top shelf liquor we could drink, DJ buffet. Oh, I was like, well, shit, hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So I treated myself to that. I was the only black boy on that boat. <laughs> the white people was getting drunk, and I'm sitting there getting sauced. I'm dancing, chilling by myself. They came over to me, it's like, oh, your girlfriend missed the boat. What? <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, I was came myself. You came by yourself? Are you the DJ? They're like, are you the DJ? I'm like, DJ. Mm. No, <laughs> I'm drinking with y'all. Mm. So we, they became cool. We sat, we laughed. And after I got off the boat, I took them to Christopher Street, took them to the hangar, took them out with me to Tom Squibbs. They were from another state. Mm. Made friends with all of them. Still cool with them to this day. So me being able to step outside of the box has been beneficial. Like it's been beneficial to you. 
So people are not, and like I told my friends the other day, I said, when someone tells me I'm too much, that means you're not enough. What is it like for you dating now? Like, what is it as you have grown from when I last seen you and where you are now? What is your dating life like now? Like, do you look at people in a certain way? Like, look, this is this is cute. This is who I am. And you're going to be with or you're not going to be with. Or is it just like because you know the bullshit when you see it it's harder to date so for example before you even answer this question um i did a podcast last night and um you know this gentleman was saying exactly what you said that they went through trauma the trauma and trauma that they went through and through and they they came from a sophisticated household and the trauma that they went through it went through a situation of meeting somebody who loved their body and who they was and then it went to a craziness of now, you know, doing a whole uh, Jennifer Lopez of enough and trying to escape the house and the dude getting crazy and grabbing them by the hair in the car and then leaving one situation and then going to another situation where this per another person, almost the same situation, but they are addicted to alcohol. So now they have to rehabilitate them. And it's like, where do you break the cycle? You know what I mean? So for you... Where do you see yourself going from one situation of a relationship to now? Like, where do you see yourself now? I'm a monkey, boy. I'm swinging. I'm swinging. That's all I'm doing. I'm doing this, this, this. Well, we know. Listen, look, look, look. You know what? We know. We, we, listen, I already know you. You like to fight. You don't like to fight, but you will fight. Plain, blank, but you know what? Let, let's be clear about that. Let's, I, I don't like to fight. I want to clarify that. I never like to fight because fighting leads to harm being done to me. I'm pretty vain. I'm pretty stuck up. I'm pretty arrogant about my looks and about how I look. I put effort into getting dressed every day of my life. I don't leave my house even to go to the store, not an outfit. Mm -hmm. So that's not a person that's looking to fight the fuck up their badass clothes or get marks to cuts on a bitch that has nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. So I never like to fight, but I will have to fight in self-defense of myself. Mm -hmm. If a bitch tried, I'm mocking her. And the reason why I fight so well is because I'm not fucking up my health. And usually when I beat a bitch, I jump in a cab and like, all right, y'all have a good night. That's Tully. Oh, I like you. Mm -hmm. I sneeze. I hate myself. I, I know. But I hate the fact that this is this is who it is. But like at the end of the day, when it goes into those things, um, where I see myself dating now, like the rehabilitation, I just went through a situation like that. I dropped it off at the door. Mm. It wasn't a good even two weeks in, and we known each other since back when, like 2014. Like, and we just tried to shoot our shot. It was it, it was it was it was it was longer than that. It was um 2000. I graduated. No, not you. Oh, thought you were talking about me. Why? How'd you get in this? <laughs> you know, thought you were talking about me. I was like, oh, I know you since 2000 and something. Like, don't even play me. Oh, I was talking about when you said when you last saw me. So, I'm we've seen each other after we spoke. We've seen each other actually on 23rd Street by BBQ. Yes, 2014-15, yes. All right, then. That's where I'm queuing it from. I'm queuing it from there okay. to say, like, at that point, where I was at that point in my dating world, 
I was still shaking some shit off and figuring some shit out. Mm. I was still open to dating. I'm never going to be closed option to dating. That's not my character. You know what I'm saying? I have too much love to offer, but I had to reevaluate who I give the love to. Mm-hmm. Because me being who I am, I give you trust first. And it takes you to hold on to it and maintain it. I don't think so much you have to earn my trust. I give people trust. And people say that's a character flaw in mine, but you know what? It's worked out well for me mm-hmm. because it cut the bullshit short early. Mm-hmm. If I trust you and you break it instantly, it's done. Mm-hmm. Why would you earn my trust and going through your phone trying to figure out what you're doing and seeing if I can actually trust you? I'm not doing all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes years to figure out that you did some bullshit to me. Let's put the trust in your hand. You do what you do with it. I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to invest too much. I'm going to continue to be who I am and keep it moving. But a lot of these individuals break that trust early in the game. Mm. The lying, the deceitfulness, this, that, this, that. So I don't really feel no damage because I didn't invest too much of me into it because it wasn't long enough. Mm. And the people that move in, I learned not to move as fast into relationships, like you discussed earlier. Yeah. So that's where some of my portions of my dating practices has changed. I stopped shopping in the same store. I had been shopping in Payless for a very long time, expecting to get some Giuseppe's out. You can't get Giuseppe's out of Payless, period. <laughs> mm-hmm. I keep going to Payless, Christopher Street was Payless, Jack, Grinder, all those apps were Payless. You get more, but you get pay less. You're right about that shit. You you, you get buy one, get one. On Jack and Gron. You can bring two people over here, have a service. Bogo and Brian. I don't want to (laughs) shop in those stores. Everybody got that gummy sandal. Nobody wants that gummy sandal from Payless. Nobody wants those um those rugged outbacks. Or if you get or or just just like you said, like the apps, you sit down there, you go to Payless. You pay less for the for the for the shoe or whatever, and then they don't last but so long. Only a couple of months. Or mm-hmm. Or yeah, and then you gotta get you gotta throw them out. Or they get out of season. Else. Or they out of season. Or they on drugs. Your shoe is dropped, girl. Your shoe is hot. <laughs> that crystal meth shit. That crystal meth shit. God damn it, these bitches over there smoking their teeth in their house. Mm-hmm. I'd be grateful that I got the teeth I got by my mouth at this age. They like in their early 20s and they got no gums. Like, what? Where your teeth at, sweetie? Oh, you left me on a bus? Like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so for me, a lot of times when it comes to my thought process about my dating practices, I learned to date me even more. You already knew how conceited and vain I was all along. Yes. Now, it's it's with a different purpose, so it comes off different. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When I was younger, my looks was everything I owned. My education, my cockiness was my swag, mm-hmm. right? As I got older, I became more humble about it. It's not about my looks anymore. It's about what's up here and what's in here now. Before, it was just me puffing my chest out. Oh, I'm sexy. I'm fab. I'm this. That was the image I had to keep up, uh, to keep up with me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knew who knew who I was prior to Facebook and social media. They only seen one depiction of me unless I brought them into my personal world. Mm-hmm. You had the opportunity to be in my personal world. You see, I wasn't rah rah at the crib. Very homebody. You a very home. Very very homebody. Very chill to, um, to yourself. 
but but you but nobody but you did have to have saying, when it was time to go out it was it it it, it was it was boom it was we're walking we're 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 not staying in the line we're going right past the line and i and i remember your mother too it was like she was like sweet she was like baby you want anything i'm fine yes i know you're fine i know you're fine but i asked you did you want anything i'm like no i'm okay you're okay but do you want anything i'm like i'm 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 doing fine baby i already told you you're fine you we know you're fine but do you want anything i'm 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 okay thank you so much okay okay <laughs> So, you know, those moments were definitely dope for me, but it was built off of insecurity. And my insecurity was that I knew the people I hung around the most had way less than I had. Mm. And I, I was ashamed of having more. That's why I had the name change and everything else to blend more into that community. That's when my clothes started changing. Sneak game went on a thousand. Everything went on a thousand. I started looking more like them and sounding less like the authentic me. Mm-hmm. The authentic me is the person that you're here having a conversation with because people never thought I was verbally inclined at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I went to the, some of the best schools, but I had to fit in with the community, so I had to do as the Romans do, so I wouldn't look odd. Because mm-hmm. when I first arrived there, I looked odd. Like, why you got khakis on? Got Eastland boots on. Where's he going with Eastland boots? Why you got that Tommy Hilfiger button down? They were looking at me like I was a church kid. And I was like, well, this is how we dress where I come from. <laughs> like, this is swag. Mm-hmm. These are Bloomingdale's. This is sacks. Like, I'm like, do you not know? I, but they, urban gear is more important. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up wearing Jordans and all that. I wore real shoes. <laughs> Flab shit. Like, yeah. Salvatore Pagano was a Gucci. Those things happen. Mm-hmm. So when I got out here, I downplayed my lifestyle where I came from. Just the fact that I grew up in that house was embarrassing to me. So I dumbed myself down to fit in the community. That's why my dating went the way it went. Because people wanted me for the boom topic, and then I get them to my villa, or we start dating. They're like, oh, he's actually really boring. Mm. Well, you know, it's so fu- funny. It's just like the TikTok. Like, there's a TikTok that's out, and you're like, um, yeah, you know, I'm educated. Ew, oh. And I'm like, um, yeah, I'm educated. I'm I'm now working on my second. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're so lame. Oh. And be like, uh, so I rob people. I beat people. Say, oh, yeah, daddy. Yeah, that's hot. And it's, and it's, it's funny, but it's so true. Like, when you have, like, when you have a, for instance, I was speaking to somebody off of um, an app, and I, I can be intellectual when I want, and I can be just ratchet when I want, but you have to get those light layers of me, right? So I give you an intellectual conversation, deep into the conversation, whatever, whatever. I guess my me challenging you intellectually, you couldn't handle it, right? So then I said, let's have, a, let's have some fun with this person, because they're not going to remember who the fuck I am, right? Give it some time. I changed my picture, but it's, just, it's it's still me, but it's me looking different now. Now I got a hoodie, like, you know, looking rough. Hit them looking up. Looking like a look up. Yeah. Looking like a look up. <laughs> you stupid. So then I turn around, I, I text them, whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, you look mad good, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I hate. Yeah, I'll give you my number, right? Give them the number. 
They're like, yo, what's good? Yo, I'm chilling. What's up? They was like, nothing, whatever. I'm, I'm like, yo, I'm about to see what, what them cakes do. Like, what's up? They was like, oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. I'm like, so what's that? And type of niggas, you like, yeah, I like dudes that, you know, know how to do. I said, oh, okay, okay. I'm like, yo, you go, you work, you go to school. They went, oh, yeah, I got this six-figure job. I'm like, all right, all right. Oh, what do you do? <sighs> you know, I just chill. Very simple, very whatever. Was turned on by it. Was turned on by it. Compared to my regular conversation of I'm I'm went to school, I'm trying to work on a business. On top of me, I have my regular job. And it's, it goes back to what you said in the beginning of the trauma and this mentality of I want somebody who's hood instead of just a regular dude. And this where that whole whole quote of the nice guy finish last. And and that's what you were you were experiencing when we first originally originally met. Mm-hmm. I was struggling with identities. You saw the person at home. Mm-hmm. You saw the other side of me. And remember, this is prior to social media and barely cell yes. phones. You feel me? So you that was black. Parents, that was Black Planet days. That was Black Planet days. Very MySpace. Very MySpace. Black Planet. Don't, actually, I only have Facebook, Black Planet, and MySpace. Those are the only social media apps. I don't have um, Instagram. I never had Twitter, none of that. Yeah, it was just the Black Planet like, for me. That was it. Because, you know what? I think I hit my personal life because I wanted, in a way, like my friends say it, and I'm not being cocky. This is what they say to me. Like, You're a celebrity in the community. I'm like, how? I'm nobody. Everybody knows you. Mm. Everybody knows exactly who you are. Once they know who you are, they know who you are. And I'm like, well, that. And I had to start looking at it like that, where I have a public life and I have a private life. Because mm-hmm. my mom was the same way. Mm-hmm. She never let her nightlife catch up with her daylight. She always told me that. And that one time I made that false mistake to get too lit, and I was too lit, and she pushed me out of her car in front of my apartment and left me laying on the sidewalk and read <laughs> me for blood the next morning and said, if you're not on your way to work, don't think we're going out ever again. Hangover and all, I made it to work. My mother was not having it. <laughs> You got your own apartment. She's right. You don't live with me no more. You, you better be at work. I'm a grown man. Mm. So around that time that we met was around that time that I already, I was just moving into, about to move into my new apartment. Yeah. Because I was still living at my mom's house and you come to my mom's house. Mm. So with that being all said, um, I was struggling with the same the crisis that you were struggling with. That they see me with the hoodie and the whole, you know, hood motif mm. or hood aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, then we speak like that and use words like those. It's like, oh, uh, you're lame, you're lame, you're whack. But I would show people to attract them to me the hood aesthetics, right? Mm-hmm. But then I would let them know that I'm kind of like I'm verbal. I got words. I speak well. I have a job. When we're talking and conversing, you know, mm-hmm. now they kind of like leaning off of me, like, oh, he got more than I got. Now it's an intimidation factor. Well, now you're threatened by me because I have stuff going on. You, I had less. It was okay with me mm-hmm. when I had less there. That's true. So you have control of, and that's a part of that trauma that you have to have control and maintain control by using financial resources to keep a person um, um, disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. And that's a form of domestic violence or interpartnership violence. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to control me with monetary, and you know I don't have anything. And I've been in those relationships before, so I knew that early on prior to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why I never did that type of stuff to you. We didn't have those type of dynamics. You had your own, I had my own. 
Well, I, you know, you, well, you, you kind of knew how I was. Yeah. You know, I wasn't going to. But that's what I'm saying. The nice guy finished last is not the nice guy actually finished last. Mm. You still alive. Those bitches finished last and dead. <laughs> I'm lasting. True. And I still look good doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm still doing it the way I was doing it then. So nothing really changed about us. You're not the nice guy that finished last. We're just the guys that won't settle for less. I thought pay more, you can pay less. And, I agree and with my that. Thought process, just being real. In my thought process, I date me. I date me and I love on me so hard. And if I do meet somebody and I did meet a couple of people as you know, as these last months ended, I would be like four people. In a, a less than a three month time span, why they couldn't last? Why their intentions was wrong? Why substance abuse? I don't drink like I used to drink. Mm. I don't turn up like I used to turn up. I was in the bed by nine o'clock last night. I did not leave my house. I'm not a social person. That was me. Well, <laughs> bless your heart, but I'm not a social. I was, person. I was, I was knocked out. Out after I did my po- um, podcast last night, I mm. took a nap, and then I woke up. To, um happy new year's from uh, from my fam and then that was that before my family that morning i said hey y'all y'all know i'm on vacation i'm let y'all know do not hit me with them early morning calls and texts please do not do that to me mm. leave me alone have a good night and happy new year i'm out i did the same thing for christmas and thanksgiving i have not really been outside of my area really because i'm i'm a covid person i'm like nope i don't want no problem I'm scared of COVID. I don't want people around me. I don't want people breathing on me. I barely like people touching me, as is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All that physical contact was never really me. I don't do the whole, like, hey, girl, I don't do all that. Mm-hmm. You know? Because <laughs> I don't know what you did to get in the club tonight. I don't know what you, you know, you might have to do some stuff. We different. Sis. I don't need herpes syphilitis on the side of my face. I'm I don't dead. want no STDs. I don't want no problems. But it's so, so true, that- though. But that being said, I was already COVID. I was already COVID ready before COVID, my guy. Mm. I didn't run around looking for toilet paper. I didn't run around looking for lights. So everything in my house is in my house already. Yep, I got the wipes. I look at these nasty nasty bitches like, you worry about toilet paper, bitch, to shit? Bitch, after I take a shit, I take a shower while I'm at home. Bitch, who raised you? First of all, first of all, I'm going to say this. If anybody didn't learn, listen, you know how I was already ready? When I seen um, T- TWD, The Walking Dead, and they said the main thing they needed was toilet paper, water. I already had that in the house, already packed up in the house. No questions asked. No questions asked. And I don't, I, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not a toilet paper person. I like my wipes. The wipes, I use I the wipes. wipes too, but I always keep toilet paper in my house, period. Mm. But I'm not something to My wipes are for one to go. It's in my book bag, it's at my desk. You know, I keep my wife with me. It's like my hand sanitizer. Just like everything I need is always somewhere. And that's why even with my lunchbox, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> everything I need, it, all my utensils and stencils and mensils and pencils and these and those and thems and those, grenades and ham and spam, I have everything I need. Can, can, can I say what's in your lunchbox? That's up at your discretion. Yeah, because we don't get we don't give a fuck on my pocket. He got a whole bunch of weed people. He is ready to smoke out for his medicinal. He, for his medicinal. Exactly. His mood stabilizers. He is ready and he look like he's ready for 2022. <laughs> right. And actually I just went grocery shopping too, so yo, 
like four dollars in grocery shopping yesterday. I did all my grocery shopping yesterday. I everything done. Laundry dropped off because I don't wash my own clothes. I cleaned my entire house from top to bottom. I stayed in the house by myself. Um, and I bought this sparkling cider because I don't drink um liquor like that on New Year's. I don't bring on New Year's drunk or high. So I had my little VIP glasses for myself. Mm. Um, and ultimately, I was going to pop my sparkling cider and just cheers for the New Year. But I'll do that later on when I cook breakfast and stuff. Mm. Not a late dinner. But I did cook and everything else. Not the traditional black eyed peas and the and shit. Uh, but... Yeah, the the the, the usual um, black people thing for New Year's. Well, you know, can we dissect like your relationships as far as the the beginning to now? So we know the now. We already know what the now is. Now is I don't got time for nobody's bullshit, but. Do you feel each of those relationships, which I know, but I want to make sure that you're comfortable talking about it. Each relationship kind of built you to who you are today and made you a strong person. So let's talk about your your very first relationship and shit. And then, and then, and then, and then before we even go go there, I want to, I want to say, because I want to get to the point of where you was, you was married. So I want to, I want to get there. I definitely want to get there. So let's talk about your first, first, first re- relationship, and what was that like? You got to pay for that. That's gonna be in my memoir. God. <laughs> so wait. Contracts. You want a contract? Listen, don't start your shit on my my fuck on my fucking platform. <laughs> Don't you do this. This is not going to be Whitney and Wendy. I'll give you the prequel. There we go. I'll give you the prequel, right? So, short scenario. First relationship was, uh, relationship dynamic was older man, younger guy, me being a younger guy. Um, teenager, pubescent, damn near. So, basically, this guy was basically dating a child. And he was a drug dealer. He did a lot of uh, unethical shit. Like, as far as, like, registering me to get me in high school, things like that. So, that wasn't a healthy dynamic. But he showed me how to do the stuff to survive, which was the sex. I learned how to get money early on, so I knew how to do the stunts. Okay. So, I kept money. So, me doing the stunts kept me from breading. I didn't have to worry about nobody. But then I stumbled upon my second relationship through the first relationship. Because they were kind of like, cool, which was probably of me, but... They both had money. I only dated guys with money at that time. So um, he had money, but his money was legitimate. His wasn't. So I learned legitimacy from the second one. But mm-hmm. I also learned my first case of domestic violence, getting abused, getting beat, um, getting raped, um, getting infected with HIV on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, those things happened. So that was my second relationship. My third relationship, um, I was about 20, about to be 21. Mm-hmm. Um, this individual is a great person. We both was the same age. I am dating in my age group now. Number three. First two were both older than me, very much older than me. They were in their thirties and I was a teenager, as I stated. Mm-hmm. Um then I calmed down for a little while, I was trying to figure out my navigation through life. Where I, now I'm dibbling dabbling in ballroom. I'm starting to see different stuff. And now my teens, late teens, I'm seeing all that. I was with the person in the twenties, that was when I was in ballroom, the twenties, twenty ones. Um, got with that person. Me and that person had a great 
situation. And so they did the shit that they did. They cheated on me. I had a good job. I had two jobs, actually. I lived in Bushwick, Brooklyn, in my own apartment. Doing No. Before that, I'm sorry. My first, first original apartment when I moved to Brooklyn was on Woodbond. And I lived there, and I got the apartment for me and my partner. And I was working. I got them a job through my family company. Sent them up. Well, we both young dudes. We got to get up this money. We lived together. His mother put him out. We slept on my friend's floor. I saved up enough money to get us in our apartment. I was cool with sleeping on my bro's floor, but I wasn't cool with him sleeping on the floor and all three of us in an apartment shacked up. Mm-hmm. And my brother had a lot of unsavory people in the house. He had all around my shorty, so I bust my ass to get to the apartment. Now I'm working at the apartment. I started dibbling down when my credit is down at the age where I'm starting to figure out what credit is. You know, I, I know what credit is, but I'm actually using it now. Mm. So now I'm cabling my name. I ordered a gateway computer. I ordered a Dell computer. <laughs> like, I was all that to make sure we had all the amenities in our apartment if he needed to, if he needed to look for a job. Mm. I was the right person. So that relationship was south because he cheated. Fine. Get to my third relationship. By that relationship, down the line, way down the line, that was almost 20, because you came in between that era, those years or whatever. That, that, that was, then, that was 20, that was 25. Oh, four. No, that'd be oh, three. Definitely oh, three. That, that was oh, three. Yeah. So that's when I was going through all those motions and I was scathing that ballroom. I wasn't really that interested in that world no more. Mm-hmm. But I still like to go to the clubs. So that was the era that you was kind of seeing me in. You know what I'm saying? He rebuilt it from all that was damaged. That's why I was at home, my mom, to rebuild myself. Mm. So now, at that time, I went through a lot of stuff, and I was already working in the field I'm in now. And I was making really, really good money. It was time for me to grow up. So my mother had me paying rent at her crib. She stacked that bread. I went to school. I went out to work, and I came home. She told me my, told my father I had to put up the blondes and curtains and stuff because she, he measured the window. When I came home, every piece of furniture that I showed her that I was going to get with my income taxes, she bought all that shit. So my apartment was fully furnished when I got home. I remember. Mm-hmm. So now I'm living a dope life, and I'm like, I'm ready to welcome somebody new in. So I tried to date during that era. This is my first apartment. I'm abusing my first apartment. I every Tom, Dick, and Harry in my house. I'm turning up at my house. I got a bar in my bedroom. It's a club night. Every night it's my house. Everybody stealing shit out my house. I went through that whole phase of days stealing from me. Shit coming up missing. Credit cards going. I'm like, bitch. I supplied all the weed, all the shit. I've always been like that. When I buy shit, I buy shit in bulk. What you? Uh, well, you already know. Um, during that time, um, the person who you talking to at that during that t- in time, it was um a very. Trying to remember who else saw it. A lot happened to that job. So the person that she was talking to at that time, it was one of the the push and pull and pulls in that relationship because you wasn't used to someone saying, "I'm not doing that," and I'm not doing what you no, said. And that was it. Yeah, but you know what? It also was the fact that I'm looking at you as inexperienced, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at you like you have the mentality that I have. Because mm-hmm. I remember what I was like at your age, and I was surpassed every partner I had. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I look at this young, this young knucklehead looking at me like I'm looking at what? No, you do what I say, do. Let's go. Like, but you, it, but that's, but the surprising part for you was like 
I'm thinking because his age, young knucklehead, but at the same time, this motherfucker got this shit together. <laughs> and that's why I still, that's why we're still able to be cool with it. Because I wasn't, a, it, wasn't it wasn't you. And that's to be clear about it. It wasn't you. It was my trauma that impacted me. Because mm-hmm. I said, this must be the trend. When I got out of my last relationship, first of all, my third relationship was a compound of my first and second. Because now I know how to hustle. Now I got this other talent with me. I didn't find out about my service and situation yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So those two relations are dubbed now. But I took a lot from them. So the, yeah, those two relations did shape me. That's how I was able to make it. That third relationship was the end for me. I was like, you know what, bro? This was what we was trying to do. Y'all cheat, y'all lie, y'all deceive, y'all fuck, y'all. Guess what? I'm be a fuck nigga. Mm-hmm. And I went out there and ran with that for a good little minute. Mm-hmm. And then I stumbled on to the person I later on got married to. Mm-hmm. So that was what, 04. I didn't have a long run out there in the streets. Mm-hmm. 04 going to 05. I just looked at the picture. I had a picture of them right there. My ex-husband. Mm-hmm. It was right there. Because I was going through my photo albums. Trying to organize things. I had shit to do. I was like, well, let me just organize my photo. I had actual photos. Time stamps. So yeah, life started looking up for me. But then I got reintroduced back into the ballroom community via work. So I was coming in in a different way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And through my journeys of the work I was doing, I was able to know the ballroom community, but not be of it all the way. You know what I'm saying? I'm visiting y'all. I love y'all. We all the same. But I'm coming with this move. So this is how y'all get y'all shit together. Lean on me. I need support. This, that, and third. But with certain people of those communities, because their trauma is so deeply rooted, they reject the notion of me. They don't like me. They want to read me. They want to shade me. And that's like, well, I ain't do nothing to you. I'm just trying to help. I don't think I'm better than nobody. Mm. You know, but that defensive thing is up. And that's why sometimes I have to step back from that world because it can be too toxic. Mm-hmm. And that's what you say. How long do you hold on to stuff until it hurts you enough to let go of it? Mm-hmm. That's a factual thing. Because that, and one of my favorite movies, one of the novels, is right here sitting in my living room with me. Um, and I, when she tell when she tells the story about the dog laying on a nail, that makes logical sense to me. That dog didn't get up off that nail until he got tired of hurting. What what movie you know was this? Women that are loose. Oh, sorry. Women that. Thou are loose. Okay, women that thou are loose. Okay, I never seen that. That's what Loretta Devine. Loretta Devine, and it's about trauma. This young lady was molested by her mother's boyfriend, mm-hmm. and because she's a god fearing woman, she didn't want that out of the community, so she sacrificed her daughter, and she's still with this man. And this girl end up, you know, getting her revenge and killing this man after molesting all those years. Mm-hmm. But. It's a T.D. Jakes movie, too, it's, but it's the, it's the moral of it and understanding how deep-rooted black trauma is. Mm-hmm. So what do you think it's going to compound into in the LGBT community? It's double that. <laughs> Triple. It's not you. All right, because remember, I'm a man first. Mm-hmm. Society don't fuck with me. I'm black. Society don't fuck with me. White people don't fuck with me. I'm gay. The black community don't fuck with me. The black straight community don't fuck with me at least. Mm. I'm HIV positive. None of the communities really fuck with me unless it benefits them. Mm. <laughs> and also, I'm feminine. Mm. 
That's the issue too. It's so many compounds to an individual. Mm. I have all these layers to me. So I have to consciously be in different modes everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I said it's so crazy to talk about what happened going all the way from the 90s to the 2000s and now and now where we are now so do you see a good change now than what you've seen back then having people more like yeah like i'm non-binary i'm asexual i'm this i'm that all, all these things and people more of them saying well i'm in my truth i'm this i'm that or i don't give a fuck do you see it beneficial or do you see it like okay you're doing too much I'm involved at this point in the beginning I'm not going to lie but this is way too much conversation for me I'm simplistic like we don't have to go through all these extra emotions and additives and I'm smart enough and I'm astute enough as an educated person I know anybody that identifies if in a session with me Having a conversation, anybody identifies they, them, and those, I'm pulling someone to come get you. Mm. I'm not having a singular, singular person speak in third person about themselves. I identify as they and them. That means you have some level of schizophrenia, some malfunction in your scalp that makes you believe you're they, them, and those. I'm not changing my language for that. So, yes, that was a little annoying to me. Because mm. the English language says a person cannot be a they, them, and those. Unless you're talking about a group. So you mean to tell me in your psyche you think you're be people? Bitch, get psych ward, call. Get out to the G building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was doing too much in the beginning, but I felt that everybody felt the strike out on their own. That's what everything was about. But again, these are divisive things that people put in place. A lot of these terms they're using as how they identify themselves were clinical terms that turned into some of them turned into identities. It's like what's a clinical term? How did that become an identity? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even with the word transgender, that bothers the shit out of you. You're a woman. It's nothing used to... You're a woman, period. You're a male. That's how you identify. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. I don't need these other genders added to confuse, add more confusion. You know, there are two genders. Mm-hmm. And they say a third gender, but I'm just going gonna, gonna to stay in the binary. And I don't have nobody that's non-binary. I have no issue with knowing how they identify. I respect you as I want to be respected. Mm-hmm. But you cannot force it down people don't to accept you. I don't speak acceptance. I exist, so therefore I am. I don't have to get validated by none of you motherfuckers. And what I'm saying, I think we see too much validation. And that's what that binary shit started doing. It's finding groups. It's like finding my clique. Oh, I'm Spanish. I'm running the Spanish people. I'm running this one. But a lot of us have compound issues that we can work on collectively, but we're so divisive, we stay apart. Mm. We find every reason to dissect our community to the point to the lowest form. The lowest form for us as a community should be we're all at risk for harm to come to us. Mm-hmm. Let's protect it all the way around. Not trans only this month and not black gay boys this month. No, we need to attack these issues head on as a unit. But you want to go over here and march for trans only. You want to go over here and march for these people. You want to go march only these people. But they, they cross layer each other. We cross pollinate. Mm-hmm. Through our sex, through our parties, through our networks, we cross pollinate, so we're all at risk. And and, and then we, we see when you see like like for instance polls, I think it hit a lot of people in certain ways that show. 
Because, for instance, when the transgender woman walks into a gay, obviously gay bar, and they didn't want to serve her, and they were like, this is, that's, drag is what you call at night. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, even though if, 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 she, if she was drag or not, even if she's transgender or whatever the case is, she's still gay. Like, I don't understand. I mean, she she's still a part of the community. Let me rephrase that. She's still a part of the community. So why would you treat her it, it, any see, differently? You have to always politically correct yourself so you don't understand. Mm -hmm. Gay is the word. Mm -hmm. Gay. There's nothing wrong with the word gay. We're all gay. To the outside looking in, they don't dissect none of that shit. We're all gay. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of the social media has exposed some of the true things that actually happen within our community. I don't need to talk about it no more. I've been talking about it. But now you have the visuals to, uh, uh, to, to, to coincide with it. Mm -hmm. All these fight videos at Pride, how ratchet these people act, the shit that they fucking do. Y'all expose that. You can't be mad at this community because they don't fuck with you. I can't be mad at a white person because they clutch their purse. Because let me tell you some real psychological shit. At the end of the day, if I've never been on the company of trans people, um, and I've seen all these videos first, how do you think I'm going to respond when I see a trans person? I'll be fearful of them because they attack people. And, and to add piggyback off that on my other podcast where I, I interview a trans female, I'm like, I used to be, I don't want to be around, around nobody who was trans because all I knew at that time was every time I would go down Christopher Street, I would, would hear, see stories of somebody slicing somebody in the face or they always fighting or always something. Or, or there was always a fight or always an issue. And my main thing was like, uh, no, I don't want like, I don't want yo, I don't, I don't want no problems because I know I fight and I don't, I don't got time and I don't got time for questions. I don't got time. And it was always police. I, I didn't have time for none of that. I never wanted a record of craziness. And that was your error. And I'm going to tell you why that happened. Why that happened was because, once again, people weren't being their authentic self. This little trans movement, not little trans movement, but this trans movement, period, um, is a movement that has happened, has manifested itself, right? It's a new movement now. Because, again, Christopher Street was never policed like that because they knew all the sissies and the gays at that time was on that block. They didn't care what you was. If you had sex with the same sex, you gay. At that time. We're talking about the 70s and the 80s. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know, it wasn't police down there. They like sissies and punks. They don't fight. They too weak. They looked at us as inferior. Mm. So Christopher Street was a safe place for people to be at because there was no police. You could do all the drugs, all the crime, everything on that block. Mm. Stay out to the break of dawn, next morning, next day, sleep there, everything. People died there. So at the end of the day, when it came into that hip-hop look that people started adorning with the hoodies and the baggy clothes that what the police with the 90s because now you can't identify what gay looks like no more now they're confused as fuck like you're like a regular hip-hop boy see out here selling drugs and a lot of them those all the little bloods down here they used to give that whole illusion of being straight mm. to avoid an element of uptown brooklyn brownsville to christopher street the now Bronx. the feminine boys were no longer safe the feminine voice was now threatened because people was torturing them. It's like, oh, these faggoty. But this is where we can be faggots at. This is where we vote and cut up at. Mm. We can't do that all over the city. We come from the hood. Mm. So now that came with the policing. That came with our bars closed, our safe space being taken away. Because mm. those same mentalities started coming to the city when they robbed people before we got on the path train, harassing those white people, keeping up noise all night long. Them white people had enough. They like, the jig is up. 
You know what I'm saying? And that's the hood of it all. That's that black mentality that we, we keep suffering from because we destroy our own shit. Even if that wasn't even ours. Mm. We just vacant. Nobody I knew that was black lived on Christopher Street other than Grace Jones and maybe two other people I knew that lived on that block in that area. You know what I'm saying? I've been to law parties in that area. But nobody of my queue, mm. it was with Chelsea boys. Mm. And they ain't played with the darkies like that. You had to come with someone and lose someone and lose someone else. They wasn't letting the ratchet in. And I wasn't one of the ratchets, so. <laughs> but yeah, reality was, that's what brought the police in, and that's that error that you can't do. And there was a lot of violence down there because a lot of the trans girls had to fight their battle because the gays was taking over. And that was their their area where they made their money. That's why they was the two potatoes, all the drag shows and all that. That's what their safe space. But now they're getting harassed by these homeboy-looking butch queens. And they bless it with the trade that looks like they like girls but they usually want the girls for the peace and and and, like and and and, and they're usually pimping them out correct right so a lot of that going on so the dynamics changed like from what 42nd street was 34th street was it came down to christopher street with that whole aesthetic of dirtiness filth and everything then they cleaned that shit up and now it's different mm -hmm. now the queens are back and it's clean and it's pressed it's not too much shit going on like that no more because there's nowhere to be. It's a peaceful place for bitches to do yoga on a pier. <laughs> <laughs> the happiest place ever now, right? You can't you can't put no music out there loud. You got to get permits. Like, what? But, you know, this is what we lost. That was a community that was ours. And it's still ours. I'm not saying it's going, going. The dynamics has to change culturally as we evolve. No, so yes, it did get a little murky with me when it came down to the genders. Well, Q, I just want to turn around and say, oh, listen, God. I thank you for for your time and everything. Even though it took me like fifteen fucking years to try to get and get you, and you know the craziness we had to go through, I caught you in the right mood. I don't know when I'm ever gonna catch you in the right mood again. So I really appreciate you <laughs> educating pe and people and telling people from your perspective of what you see. Here with, with with um with my little big mouths and stuff, they already know if you're on my sh and shit and you don't like it, get the fuck off. Point blank, period. And it is what it is. So again, I thank you so so much for you know giving up a little bit of your time in the new year. You're welcome. <laughs> and I don't know what mood I'm gonna be in either. So pray about it. <laughs> but I've been in a good mood lately. I've been in a good mood lately. I've been happy. I've checked. Like you know, like I said. It I made change some made some changes prior to New Year's, so you'll you'll be able to get me again. I look forward to speaking to the people and thank you for having me. It's greatly appreciated. I love your growth. You definitely dope, and we are gonna talk behind the scenes. Thank you, everybody. This is Mr. Big Big Mouth, aka Dante, and we appreciate you. We're out, and, and and everybody, you know, we want to hear from him again because you know this motherfucker, he'll come out and be like, ah, I don't want to give me a contract. I want to see a contract. All right. All right, guys. See you later and enjoy the new year.